Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Valerie Trice to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. And Valerie, it's so nice to have you join me today. Would you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background working with libraries? Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to join you, and it's also my honor to be asked. Um, I started my career as an eighth grade teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. I taught English and language arts to seventh and eighth grade students for about 10 to 12 years. Um, About maybe four years ago, I began to experience some health issues within the classroom. And so I had a principal that knew my background and it worked with me several times, asked that if I'd be interested in kind of working with the students from the media center. So um, I applied for the position. Um, At that time, I did not have my media specialist um, certification. So part part of the agreement, if I was accepted to the position, would be to immediately start working on that certification. Um, So... I applied for the position and I was offered the position and I began um, working as a K-8 media specialist in Dooley County here in Georgia. And ah. in that time period, I've already started working on my um, certification and those type things and just getting acclimated to it. Okay. Um, one of my biggest things in the classroom as an English language arts teacher was literacy. And I worked very closely with the media program at that time at my former school. So okay. it kind of was um, an easy transition for me. Okay. And so where you are, they, they call librarians media specialists, right? Yes, ma'am. Georgia. Okay. And so, um, so are you, did, what route did you go? Like what, what does Georgia have you do? Did you have to get a master's degree or it sounded like it was okay to hire you up front though, you know, without one. Right. right. So it was a, um, it was a provi- provisional certification right. that I was offered through um, the, st- the state of Georgia. And okay. so in the state of Georgia, you have to have, of course, your teaching certificate, and you also have to have a master's degree um, and ha- um, and pass the GACE, which is our certification test. Okay. And I believe you need a 2.75 GPA or higher. Oh, um, at time. Okay. <laughs> so be a good student. So. <laughs> That's good. Okay. But that's nice to, that your state let you get started without that. Um, you know, I, I know that sometimes people say, oh, no, that's horrible. But but it's actually a good way to like get in, you know, get things started and kind of get a feel for it. So um, I'm, that's good that, that Georgia allows for that kind of a thing. Um, yes, ma'am. I was actually kind of surprised, but um, what, you know, one of the things that I've done is surrounded myself with other media specialists because I'm learning the role and um, so I've surrounded myself with a lot of mentors and done a lot of visiting other media specialists so that as I'm learning that role, I'll make sure that I'm meeting the needs of the students and the teachers yeah. while I'm. That was very smart, a really good thing to do. Um, so when you're thinking about when you did start out, what are some of the stories that you remember, you know, like from your first year or so? I, my, I did not understand or realize everything that a media specialist or school librarian actually does. <laughs> yeah. um, we see everything on the outside as classroom teachers, but mm-hmm. once you're behind those scenes and you're responsible for the circulation, making sure that the uh, collection is up to date, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you're supporting the teachers, it just was very overwhelming mm-hmm. to me. I thought I was coming to check out books and read a few stories with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's a lot and, more um, it, right? <laughs> right. And with my background being with middle school students, and I am now responsible for students from K-8, it was just real eye-opening experience and also just a greater appreciation for the the role. I think a lot of times when we're working with media specialists as classroom teachers and when you're um, told that you can't do this or you have to do it a certain way, we tend to get irritated. Now that I understand the inner workings of everything that goes behind the scenes, I have a greater appreciation for the role and what was actually um how well I was supported as a classroom teacher, because that's a big part of it. Okay. So it just was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. And so you, you keep saying K-8. Are you at one school that has kinder through eighth grade? Yes, ma'am. So in our, our district is very small. Okay. Um, we only have three schools. One is the alternative education. We have the K-8, um, which is where I'm located, and we have a high school. So okay. I'm responsible for the students. I say K-8, but actually... um pre-kindergarten is also housed in our building. So I'm responsible for the students from kindergarten or pre-K all the way up to eighth grade. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. So when you're thinking back to just even, you know, those four years ago, um, is there some kind of advice that would have been like a helpful thing for you to know going into it? To relax. Um, (laughs) I think that because I was not certified in the position, so I was already nervous about what was going on. So I think I overthought everything and I made things a bigger deal than what they had to be. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is one, doing your research, yeah, understanding what you have to do. And like I say, getting those mentors in that role, especially for me, because I was not certified. So mm-hmm. just getting those mentors in that role. So what, if I had a question about what to do, you know, a lot of times as teachers, if we have questions, we tend to go to our administrators, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they really understand all that goes into the school media program. So getting those mentors in that role, they could say, okay, Trice, think about it. This is what you need to do. This is what works for my school. Mm -hmm. And also understanding that just because it works somewhere else, or it looks like this in another location, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it necessarily has to work for my school. To be adaptable and learning that you know, I may have to change it up just a little bit mm-hmm. um, to make it fit the needs of my teachers and my students. Yeah. And I always keep in mind, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from all of my mentors is that my job is a kind of a supporting role for those teachers. Mm-hmm. So what I do in my position to um, accommodate them with keeping the curriculum rolling, yeah. keeping the students engaged, helping literacy in my building, but also not just literacy, every subject in that building I touch and I make a difference in what happens in that classroom Mm -hmm. so always staying on top of what's going on and just relaxing and learning that mistakes will happen Mm -hmm. to regroup come back the next day and do my best to fix whatever happened yeah see I I came from an elementary background and then worked elementary libraries but I think when you were just talking about literacy I think one of the eye-opening things to me was seeing that literacy really is a part of every other content area. You know, that, yes. that's something I hadn't, I hadn't thought about, you know, in that way before. So it was, that was an eye-opening thing, you know, just for myself. But so, so Valerie, how did you go about like identifying um, who you were going to, I assume ask, did you ask them to be your mentor? Like, you know, how did you, how did you figure out like who you were going to try to reach out to? So um, I, my first thing was to reach out to media specialists that were in surrounding counties that had um, 
that had a population of students that looked similar to mine because okay. you know it changes differently from who the students are. Mm -hmm. Then I um, actually thought back to my old librarians and media specialists that I worked with as a teacher that were still in the field and that um, had done an excellent job. And yeah. I reached out to a lot of them. One, because they knew me as a uh, professional, as an educator, they knew my personality, mm -hmm. they worked closely with me, so they knew how to support me best. And, um, and then the other thing that I did, especially coming into this pandemic, it got us thinking more globally with our you know, how we were reaching out and connecting with other people. Yeah. So I um started visiting. There was a big push to develop my website and my online presence, um, mm -hmm. especially at the beginning of the pandemic. So yeah. visiting other media specialists, their websites and just going around. I literally just went around the state and just went to different school districts yeah. and looked at what they had to offer that was already out there and then connected with people that way, sent mm -hmm. emails and those type things and mm -hmm. connected with people. Yeah. So I built a network that I could rely on. Yeah, perfect. Very, very good thinking. All right. So we are well in, you know, halfway through our school year. Um, what, what was something that you kind of did when this school year started to kind of help get it going? Because, you know, we'll be facing kind of a get it going again after the, the holiday time this winter. So what, what's something that you did to kind of kick the year off? I met with my teachers at the beginning of uh, well, I met with my teachers and my administration. So I came in that first year. So my first year was the year of uh, 2018-19 uh, school year. So okay. uh, tw before we got to the end of it, we went into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So um, everything kind of changed. And then last year, we were um, virtual for most of the school year. We did right. not come back. Um we did not come back at the beginning of the school year. So this was my first year post-pandemic coming in and actually having to start out at the beginning of the school year okay. with my students in, in building. That's um, so um, this was the since 2019, the first time I had my whole student population in the building. Mm -hmm. So my first thing was to come in and um, meet with the administration because it was a new administrative team and yeah. ask what their expectations were. Um, I also asked based on what he knew from previous years and what I presented to him, what did he feel like would be a something we can keep going? What do we need to change? Mm -hmm. But I also met with my teachers this year um, okay. and just more of because my biggest thing is meeting with the teachers and build a relationship. What okay. do you expect from me? How can I support you? And those types of things. And then looking at what we had in place and looked at what worked. Yeah. Um, and what we could keep and then just moving forward with um, changing. I didn't do a whole lot of changing my first year because I wanted to get to know the building, yeah. see what was working, what didn't work. And then yeah. from there, based on what I needed, um, okay. go from there. And then looking at data, looking at um, our circulation, what was actually in circulation, what was being used, what's not being used. So I knew how to update and um modify our collection as needed to meet the needs of our students. Okay. Now we will get into the, the relationship part in just a little bit, but you did mention the pandemic. So let's talk about it just real briefly. So what, what kind of, what were your biggest takeaways, you know, things that you kind of maybe you're going to keep with you that are going to move forward with you in the future years? Um, adaptability. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was, and I think that's for all of us in every aspect of our life, but yeah. also just keeping, um, my presence in my social media um, and my web presence. When okay. I first came in, of course, we had a website and I updated it periodically. But mm -hmm. now I'm seeing more of the importance of actually 
keeping it flowing, keeping it out there, using mm-hmm. our social media to keep parents informed. Um, parent, this is just a social media society that we're in and that's where parents are so when I have new books that I'm putting on the shelves or I got different programs or just even tips for keeping them engaged with their students at home keeping that going and the teachers as well they use the social media yeah Um, our web page which I think is how you actually located me and connected with me keeping Mm -hmm. that fresh and up to date and that information that's out there um at the fingertips of my users um it's just easier for for the teachers, it's easier for me. And yeah. I'm teaching my students how to use that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Destiny as our online um, collection and yeah. teaching the students how to use their accounts and go in. Mm-hmm. So if for some reason they're not able to walk into my media center or my library, I can still connect with them. Definitely. And staying connected with the community. And I just, as I started using our web-based um, apps more often, it was amazing to me how many more people in the community were, hey, this is going on at the Dooley um, school system or in the library. What can we do to help people giving scholarships to students to buy books from the book fair? Um, We're actually in the middle of a book fair right now. And we had so many donors coming in just willing to buy books in the students' hands. And so that kind of stuff was just amazing to me. Um, And so we attend here in Georgia, our, our GAETC, conference every year which is our technology conference okay so just connecting with people there and they were really big on teaching us how to use those type things to take away because it was easier you know to connect with the students we come in we do story time Mm -hmm. i do lessons with them but just taking it beyond our media center walls was my biggest takeaway from um the pandemic yeah and you know i think pre-pandemic you know some students might have looked at your website you know every now and then right social media but I you know I think post well can't say we're truly post pandemic but you know at this point whatever we call this point um they're just accustomed to going there now you know and, and they it's a natural hopefully a habit you know that they've gone there enough looking for resources and looking for help and support that it's just going to be a that will just grow you know as time goes by so yeah all right, isn't it? All right um, so- and I actually um I'm sorry no go ahead I worked from home for most of the year. Um, once the teachers came back in, I actually had COVID. And mm. so um, just being able to put all that together, my principal was really impressed with the amount of information that I made available to the students because, you know, I felt like my job was still to be there to support those students and teachers. So mm. whatever I could give them from my web-based um, applications is what I did. Yeah. Not, well, I'm glad you, you recovered from everything well with that. But yeah, that's a that's a good point there. You, you keep talking about the relationships and that, that you're building them. And I know that it's your first year back, you know, in the building and you've got everybody there. So like, what are some things that you do to, to build to build relationships with students and teachers? Um, well, you know, just making them one, the media center, a warm and inviting place. I can remember um, back when I was maybe in middle school we had a media specialist and um, she, as I, she was good at her job. She was very knowledgeable, but I think that it was almost a sense that the kids did not want to come in because there were so many rules and routines and those type things. And it wasn't, um, I don't know if it was kid friendly. So one of the things that I did, because I love reading um, and you know, it was always a safe haven for me when I had those uh, media centers and libraries that I could go in and just relax and read. So making it warm and inviting, um, 
going in and showing the kids, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Taking kids that I know um, that may not like reading as much or haven't had much experience and coming mm-hmm. in and just doing that one-on-one individual time with me with me and my assistants to help them get into it, offering those programs and those type things. And also, um, I think what was really, when I came in and the media specialist before me had done a really good job of doing this, but it had been a while since our um, collection had been updated. Hmm. So going in and getting those books and those resources that are relatable to the students. Yeah. Um, so that they'll come in and they'll know and they can see characters that look like them or they can read books on subjects that are um, that are interesting to them and that are relatable to them. And mm-hmm. even going in um, and students that were looking for certain things and they couldn't find it wasn't there because we're in the process. And of course, because of budget and those type things having to do it over a couple of years of actually updating that um, that collection. But even if I have to just order a couple of items for this student at this time because they're looking for something or this is what they're interested in or this is what they're going through yeah. to have that um, to have that collection. I think that a lot of times our job, because it's especially students in low income areas like mine, it's hard for them to open up to those mm-hmm. people that they look at and authority figures. So as media specialists, we have the privilege of communicating and connecting with our kids through our books and our collections. Yeah. So we might um, read some, uh, something together or I share something with them. Um, I had a group of girls that were coming in, the teacher was sending them every week to look for a book and they always would come up empty-handed, empty-handed. Oh. They just could not find something. So I just, um, I suggested a few books and then out of the books that I suggested, they started reading it. And one of the books I suggested was Monster by Walter Dean Myers. Oh. And if it was kind of really difficult for them to get into it at first. Okay. So I said, I tell you what, if you all come in with me every day at this certain time, I'll read with you. And I started just reading to them. It was about three girls. And yeah. now they come in every day. Miss Trice, what do you have for us? What do, what do you have? <laughs> or every week, you know, and it's a connection. Awesome. And sometimes they come in to just talk. And with the teachers, I think um, our media program at our school has gone through a transition. We have not, um, we had one media specialist, Miss Jackson, that was there for years. Mm-hmm. And once she retired, it was kind of in and out. You know, people would come, they would stay for a year and then they would leave. So okay. with the, to develop with the teachers, I think offering that stability, yeah. um, the program had become kind of stagnant. Um, like I say, the collection was old. They didn't have any continuity between the procedures and what was ex- expected so mm-hmm. putting it out there um I had to start from scratch developing handbook I developed the website from scratch mm-hmm. on the procedures from scratch because there was really there was literally nothing there that was in place that moved over so just um, on okay. developing those routines and procedures going down to the classrooms meeting with them on mm-hmm. um, one-on-one even if um so now we're at the point where teachers will come in and say, I have this going on with my lesson plan this week and I'm kind of stuck. Can you suggest some resources? Even with hey. helping develop lesson plans, they would like they've asked me t- to review their lesson plans to help them. So just kind of being there, yeah. um, finding out what worked, what didn't work, and then meeting the needs of the teachers. And okay. definitely the development of routines and procedures yeah. and that continuity in the program. Yeah. And I, I know I've, I've heard from other Georgia librarians before about like library. I don't know if the word is committee. Uh, do, y'all, do you have something like that where it could be teachers on a committee or students on a committee where they're helping make 
decisions for the library? Do you have that kind of thing where you are? Yes, ma'am. We call it our leader. Um, it's just really our literacy committee. That's the name okay. of it. Um, okay. I think we now that I'm talking, you might need to come up with some type of cool, catchy name for it. But um, it's a couple of teachers that are appointed by the by the administration. And then I've also asked a few um, on as well that I've kind of noticed have a really vested interest in the media programs. Mm -hmm. And we just meet. Um, they discuss ideas. They suggest um, books. What we're doing now is on our elementary side there were no classes so okay. if a teacher wanted to read um you know one book for the class and all 30 kids have the same book we don't have that mm -hmm. so what we're doing now is kind of developing what we think would be good ideas for class sets and those type things mm -hmm. um we've developed technology we ordered some um some robotics for our STEM program this year. Uh -huh. So at, on our committee, we have, of course, our reading language arts teachers. Mm -hmm. um, our counselors are there to help with that social mm -hmm. emotional side and make sure that we're choosing books that meet those needs. But we also have our STEM coordinator and STEM teachers that are in there as well. Okay. So just developing that as well. Okay. Um, and we have also an L4GA grant um, that is just a literacy grant from the state that's uh, allowing us to buy not only more books, but technology resources. So we've kind of pulled a committee together there that are doing that as well. Okay. Um, and what we also have um, is our junior media specialist program, which, which I brought on my first year there. And there are students that one come in and help with photography. Oh. Um, I'm getting them in to help with kind of updating the website. Yeah. Um, that I'm a little nervous about because, you know, that's going out to the public. Right. So I just want to make <laughs> sure that I'm vetting that before we do that as well. But they're helping do that as well. I'm okay. um, going into our elementary classroom and reading with those students. And we uh -huh. even have um, with our communities and school programs where they do the older students are actually doing tutoring with the students in the media center as well. Okay. And I help them with that um, monitor that and also pull in resources. Okay. So it's a lot, a lot of moving parts to it. Yes, there are. Okay. So I love the teacher thing. That was mostly appointed with, with your student level. Um, do they like, apply to be in a club or like how, how does that work for them to be in that so what we did for the um initial part is I kind of just chose some students um got some recommendations for teachers uh -huh. and I chose students as well and um because it was my inaugural part and I was just kind of testing the program yeah. to see how it worked um I felt more comfortable with students that I kind of handpicked so mm -hmm. that I know that I have students that were able to meet the responsibilities. Yeah. But what we're looking at in the future is um, maybe doing a club where they can come in, they can they can apply and those type things as well. Mm -hmm. Now we do participate in the, um, it's a reading bowl and those are st students that they do apply for that and they come in and they do that as well. But as far as this junior media specialist, they were handpicked students. Okay, very neat. So when, when do they, do all of those things like go and read the classrooms is it during this the day or so um part of me selecting those students were students that were um high achieving students okay. so um we have one student that he he will finish his work early he mm. does it and he'll ask for extra time um we have specials or connections time that might be pe or art and as long as it's okay with the teacher um, then they can come to have time. He does volunteer sometimes to come during his lunch. Um, I don't really encourage that because I don't want to skip in lunch. And some days if we're working on something or we got maybe like the book fair coming up and he's helping with that, or I'm getting some news articles ready, we may stay a few hours after school to work on something as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So it is, it is like during the day. I, I didn't, I wondered if it was like 
only when they were with you, you know, during their library time or, you know, how you did that. So that that's good. It's going to be, I can't wait to see how that grows because that, that has the potential to really become a, a real powerful tool, you know, for you in the right. library. Yeah. Like, when you're thinking about like next year, like what would be like the next thing you would add into that, the junior library ambassadors? Um, well, one, like I say, asking students to volunteer because yeah. I'm handpicking students, but there may be a student that's sitting in a classroom that this may be the perfect fit for them. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I just want to allow them the opportunity. One of the other things that I'm just my media program in general that I'm noticing as I'm talking to more um, media specialists across the country mm-hmm. is not necessarily in this area. I, ha- I haven't seen as much, but my, um, media time or library time is actually built into the schedule mm-hmm. so instead of me having to interrupt class time it's part of their connections or class schedule and I think that'll just be a better fit for us and our teachers as maybe as an elective course or like I say a connections course building yeah. it into the schedule so um it allows me more time to actually push my curriculum out teach those mm-hmm. lessons and it's not rushed or um having to or it, so a lot of times with the media specialist time or my time, if there's something else going on during the day, then my time gets interrupted a lot of times. Um, yeah. I, one of the things that I want to ask um, of my administration next year is just making it a class and that it's a built-in time into the schedule so that I know um, what time I have, when I'm able to work with my students, and it's easier for me to push out those curriculum maps that I have. Wow. Okay, interesting. All right, so if there's any um, librarians listening right now who think, you know, that I really kind of like that idea, what, what would be like some first steps for them if they wanted to start getting something like that in place? For the junior media specialist program yeah. or the? Well, e- either way, how about either way? Because you talked about teachers too. Okay, so I think the first step is, um, coordinating with your teachers um what what one of the things that we did was my first year coming in like I say I pretty much had to uh, reestablish the program is I sent out surveys to the teachers mm. and then we eventually push it out to the teachers um what do you have you know what are some things that have worked well for you what yeah. would you like to see and those type things and what are your expectations from the media program okay. um, the other thing that um I think would be would be connecting with other media specialists in your area to see what's working for those students. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I would like to do also, um, the more and more, like I say, that I reach out on social media, I'm seeing that my parents are very much involved with the media program. Mm. And, you know, every parent wants to know, how do I get my kids to read? How do I do that? So maybe next year pushing out or even in um, some surveys to the teachers about, I mean, the parents, Mm-hmm. about the media program and the reading programs at their school yeah. and how we can encourage them to read. Yeah. One of the other things that we have done and um, that we're continuing to develop is that our public libraries within the area, we're actually connecting with them more. And so yeah. that the time that I have during the summer or the kids are in their libraries um, on the weekends, they're able to connect with me. So, and that was a really a great thing for them because they want to know what was going on in the school and yeah. how can they continue our initiatives as well. Okay. That's perfect. So, so a lot of little ideas there, there that people can yes. try. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So, so Valerie, um, I know you're still kind of early on in your career and at this point, I assume, are you finished with grad school with your, your master's level or? So I am still in the process of doing, okay. um, working on it. Um, like I say, last year um, was a little difficult for us because I had health issues. I actually, 
actually was on the ventilator. So last year was oh, kind of a, also I'm uh, rebuilding and recouping from all of that last yes. year. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm wow. I'm, I'm very glad that you're, I, I was hoping you had had a mild case. I didn't realize it was so severe. So glad, I'm glad that you're, you're getting back to things now. So really probably then it's school that, that keeps you sharp and growing right now, but is there anything else that you kind of do that ke- helps you keep growing and learning? Uh, yeah, so one of our things is just joining um, any professional organizations that I can join that will, one, keep me up to date, and which was really critical for me, because like I say, I am working on my certification. Right. So the latest trends, the latest research and everything, joining those professional um, organizations, mm-hmm. mailing lists and whatever I can join yeah. to just keep me fresh. But also, um, I have joined several groups on Facebook. Okay. And social media that, um, and I think that's where we may have connected that have, um, that are geared towards media specialists okay. uh, and those that are in the profession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something quick and easy. People that are in the libraries in the media center every day that are working through some of the same issue yeah. that I'm working through and um, just connecting with them. So that, you know, we can connect, um, share ideas, share what's working and those type things. But my biggest thing is just those professional organizations so that I can stay current on what is um, there and staying aligned and aware of the standards within my state so that um, I can show show the teachers how I am. One, helping them meet the needs of the students with those standards and also those media uh, uh, specialist standards as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things that I've learned from the conferences that I attend is that everything that I do in the media center, making sure that I align it back to those standards. so I know I'm meeting the needs of my users. Yeah. And and, and I'm remembering now, actually, I was just looking back at my notes. um, It was curriculum maps that you had been talking about. um, Yes. And so and. Just so let's just briefly touch back on that. I know that there are ones that you found somewhere, but how, how do you how did you use or how do you use curriculum maps in your media program? So, um, like I say, again, we were building the media program. And when I came in, um, our media program, like I say, had kind of been stagnant. And what was basically doing, we had a I had an aide that had been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And the most that she was doing with those students were checking out books and maybe doing story time. Yeah. And I just started thinking that we could do, we could be doing so much more, much more yeah. um, with, this, <laughs> with this program. And so one of the first things um, the principal, my first principal did was she gave me a group of students that I was tutoring. And mm-hmm. as I started tutoring those students and even just helping them trying to find res- resources, doing research with teachers, I realized that it was so much about using a media center or a library that they didn't know. Yeah. So what we did that second year is um, I started trying to develop the curriculum maps myself and it became a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I used the Teachers Pay Teachers website mm-hmm. and um, kind of looked at them and looked at the date. Um, I looked at what was being offered, the previews, the previews, yeah. and then looked at data for our building and started finding curriculum maps that were meeting those needs. Okay. So as we're going out and we're um, doing these lessons so what I've done now is that it's not built into the actual school schedule but each teacher or each grade level each month has a set time that they come in and when they come in um, I've talked to my assistants and this is what we're going to teach for this month what I do is give the teachers um, an opportunity to preview preview 
so they'll know what we're doing. And if a teacher say, you know, I know you have this on your curriculum app, but this is what we're working on in class. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if we kind of adapt? And I do adapt to the needs of the teachers. Oh, uh, so the curriculum maps that we found were actually for kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing now, kind of building the plane while we're flying, is <laughs> I'm taking those curriculum maps and I am actually building my middle school curriculum based on that. Okay. Um, and those are more right. built around the needs of what those curriculum maps say that they need. Mm -hmm. Of course, my standards as a media specialist, but also what's going on in the classroom. Right. So what I've done is um, around this time of the year, our middle school students are actually working on their science projects. So what I did was I reworked those curriculum maps to this time of the year. We're working on research skills and those type mm -hmm. things. Perfect. Love it, love it, love it. And and even that is such a great way to build relationships with your teachers. <laughs> You know, because when they see how you're supporting them, you know, and, and and you're not just doing your own thing, you know, but that you're actually part of the, their instruction, you know, that that's a powerful partnership there, you know, that you're, you're building. So, well, exactly. Valerie, thank you for sharing your ideas today. I mean, it's been fun chatting with you. And um, so for the listeners who want to, to learn more from, from you, where will they find you online so that they can be inspired by what you're doing? So my, um, and a lot of everything that I post to our school Facebook page, um, which is the Dooley K-8 Academy Facebook page, okay. um, I also post to my personal Facebook page as well so that my followers can do it. And that's Valerie Trice on Facebook. Okay. I'm also um, at Valerie Trice on Instagram. Okay. And then um, I also have a new website, which is where I'm sharing a lot of my media center ideas, resources, which is Le LLC.com. All right. Very good. Okay. So we will get all of those links in the show notes. So listeners, if you'll head on over to larshinneman.com and go to the blog, you're going to find Valerie's interview there. Um, and then you'll have the highlights there so that you can click these links and go out to follow her and, and see what she's doing. Um, but Valerie, thanks for your time. It's been great chatting with you. And I just wish you all the best as you're, you're doing continuing in the great job that you're doing. Thank you for having me. And it was my honor to be able to do this. Thank all you so right. much. Well, you have a great day. Bye-bye.